0: hello everyone welcome to to be heard podcast your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged culture is challenged and the truth can be heard my name is ayana simone and guys i am crying today behind this microphone i got the tissues i got it all okay i am very very emotional Many of you know why. If you don't, allow me to tell you. I've got some sad but sweet news too. Today's To Be Hurt Tuesday is the very last episode of this fourth season of the podcast, you guys. And I say this all the time, and I will probably say this every time I reach the last episode of the end of a season, um, but I genuinely don't know how we got here. It feels like I'm looking back and just thinking back to previous episodes, all those moments, the, the last six months of doing, you know, this fourth season, those moments where I sat behind this microphone, I'm like, I just, I blinked and here we are. and It's so sad and emotional and man, like my heart's breaking, but I'm also celebrating a lot today. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to share a little bit of that celebration with you. Of course, we did some celebrating already with last week's To Be Hurt Tuesday, Last week's episode was actually my 100th episode, period, which is really cool to say, you know, something um, has been going on, like you and I have stuck together for 100 weeks now, not including the spring and summer months, but when we podcast through um, starting in October all the way through the month of March, how cool is it that we can say we've been here 101 times now, over 100 times here on TV Heard that's really cool. And so I'm just I'm grateful, but also so sad. I don't know how you guys feel. But regardless, I said this in last week's episode. And I I mean it when I say I am so sorry, because I don't say this enough. But I genuinely am so thankful for each of you. You are the reason why podcasting is so fun. Like I love to podcast. I love to be heard. I love being behind a microphone, bringing the word of God. I genuinely, I've, I feel like that is what I'm supposed to do. And I don't, there's a lot of things that I, like sometimes I feel like I'm supposed to do something but not totally sure. This is one thing. I'm 110% sure I'm supposed to do this. And so while it is fun all on my own, it's you guys who make it so much better. So much more fun like knowing that I sit behind this microphone and my words are being received by lovely people like you yourself It just means the world and I just I want to say thank you for tracking with me for sticking with me all, uh, you know, four seasons long, whether you've been with me for all four seasons or this might be the first episode you tune into, which usually happens at the end of the season when I'm done podcasting and I'm off for like the spring and summer months. It's usually the last episode of the previous season that gets the most listens to. So maybe this is your first To Be Heard Tuesday. I want to thank you and I want to welcome you to To Be Heard podcast. Uh, while you're catching us at the end of a season here, please feel free to listen to any uh, of my previous previous episodes. Season four has been tons of fun. Um, I went back to my main mission statement and just speak on things that need to be heard. Um, Where, you know, I'm I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging culture, ultimately letting the truth be heard. I speak on the word of God, the only word that really matters. And we're going to talk all about that today. But There's also season three content. If you are bound by anything, it could be mental illness, it could be addiction, you fill in the blank. I really do believe that a free life is possible. And I spent all of the third season letting y'all or convincing you of that through scripture. It's not that I'm even pulling from science or like a doctor's research. I'm pulling from a lot of that, but it's all supported by the word of God. And that was a really fun season to walk through because I've grown a lot from season three, grown a lot in season four as well. And of course, I'm still growing and learning. But um, there's also season two. Um, season two was a very interesting time. That was back in 2020. And y'all already know, okay, 2020 was something else. And so my content there, I pray that it encourages you. My theme for season two was um, with every episode, I wanted y'all to hear and know, know, just how much Jesus loves you and whether we're talking about the love of God when we address politics or when we address um man I covered a handful of things um love uh, so much in season two that really points you back to the love of God. I still pray over those episodes that if you do decide to tune in, that you would be blessed and that the love of God would completely permeate your hearts and you would just know how big his heart is for you. Like that's been my, um, my (laughs) basic, my main prayer, I guess the last couple of weeks, like God, your heart is just so big for people, and I don't want to miss that. Like I don't want to get that wrong. He loves people so much. Like it, it don't really make a lot of sense, but he just he really loves us and season two, my mission was to convince all of that. And of course, if you want a a little laugh, which I don't want to say that I always talk down on season one, because I really didn't know what I was doing. But I got some good content for season one, too, where again, that was my first season of podcasting, obviously, that being season one, but um, my theme was very similar to season four, like, let me just encourage y'all and challenge culture and let the truth be heard. Because Man, I feel like that's needed so bad today. Like, not a lot of people are encouraged, really. I mean, there's so much bad news being spread around, so much of it that it's like, man, like, is there any hope at all? <laughs> and I'm here to say, yes, there is. And I want to encourage all of us uh, each time we tune into the podcast. And of course, the culture we're living in today, my goodness, like there are some things and I've said this many times before, but um, y'all know this about me. I really am to be heard. I can't, it's hard for me to sit still and not say anything. Like if there's a problem or if there's an injustice, it's like, I just don't sleep well if I don't say anything. So I have to say something. And there's a lot going on in our culture. That's just completely upside down. It's wrong. It's, it's, it's deception. There's so much in our culture that is, um, deceiving so many people. And I just don't, I don't want to be on the sidelines. Uh, quiet about that, like absolutely not, like I'm going to challenge that, and so that was season one, and of course I do all of that by speaking the truth, and that is the truth of the word of God, and what a privilege and an honor to do that all again this fourth season, truly every episode I've recorded, I really do pray that it blessed you, I know for sure, I mean coming from your host, I've been challenged myself, um, and I've been blessed in a lot of ways because I don't get my episodes from like another, uh, podcaster or like a, an Instagram reel. Like, no, these are moments I share with God all on my own that I feel led to share because I feel like there are things that need to be heard. So in the same way, I hope you've been encouraged and challenged, uh, while, you know, listening to the truth, please know that that's what's been happening on my end too. I've also been encouraged and I've also been challenged and ultimately I've fallen more and more in love with the truth because Uh, We know what scriptures say. Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'm thankful for freedom and truth. And so um, with all that said, y'all, that was a long introduction, but I truly do want to thank each of you so much. You guys really do mean the world to me and I plan to do this forever. So this is not goodbye at all, but as we are ending this fourth season, I just don't want it to end without a huge, huge, huge thank you uh, being given to each of you because, I can't say it enough. Like I just love y'all and I this is so fun to do this. And I cannot thank you guys for tracking with me. Um I wanna get a little more specific though. I'm honestly not done saying thank you. Um every at the end of every season I look at the data from um just how the season went and I have uh some people to to thank, some specific people to thank, those of you tuned in. Um certain regions that uh to be heard has been heard in, which is wild and so so humbling to see how this number or this list gets longer and longer with each season. But per usual, I'm about to read off the list of regions that um To Be Heard has been heard in. And if you hear your region, give out a little woot woot or something something like that, you know, represent represent where you're from. Um, but I want to read this to y'all. I'm just Uh, honestly give glory to God because man it's really cool to see how he's taken an episode and brought it to places I've never been in some places I can't even pronounce you y'all about to laugh at me at some of these pronunciations but I want to read off this list to you just as another huge thanks to number one um not number one as in like first place but this is where the podcast is most listened to my country what's up Americans thank you to the U.S. for tuning in Uh, we got Germany on the list South Africa Canada the United Kingdom Bahamas Mexico Brazil Dominican Republic Zimbabwe Norway Australia Spain Russia Belgium Ghana Ireland Kenya Jamaica, Nigeria, India, the Philippines, Sweden, New Zealand, Costa Rica, Poland, France, Netherlands, Singapore, Puerto Rico, Israel, Paraguay, El Salvador, Indonesia, Switzerland, Morocco, Guatemala, Angola, Slovakia, Belize, Omen, Sri Lanka, I think. That's S-R-I-L-A-N-K-A, Sri Lanka, I believe. And Malawi, if I said that right. My gosh, you guys. Again, thank you. How cool is that? I don't, like, I have no words other than thank you. This has been so cool. My little setup here and in my little corner of the the studio. Like, who knew that an episode could reach someone in the Netherlands? You, you kidding me? Like, how? That's just, I'm very grateful. So shout out to y'all. Represent your country. Again, give a little... Let out a little sound, okay, (laughs) like if you hear your region, because... Truly, that is amazing. Um, I also, you know, in this this moment of thanks, I'm, I don't want to take, I don't want to rush this moment at all because I truly do cannot say enough how grateful I am, but I also want to thank season four guests. Oh my gosh, like they gave so much good wisdom and advice that just needed to be heard. I'm talking about Trenton Jackson who sat down with all of us back in October It's the third episode of this fourth season, so he came in hot with a lot of great insight of uh, what it looks like to be a, a creative and you know to really own what God's given you. Like I still listen back to that episode. Like, dang, this was so good. So shout out Trenton Jackson. Thank you so much for joining me. We also have my girl Linga the Boss. Are you kidding me? This girl is just incredibly talented, so humble and so sweet and so wise. And she shared a lot of that with with us um, here in season four of the podcast. If you haven't tuned into that episode, please do. Lingo the Boss is a real deal. And she's actually doing something dope for March, I believe. Um, doing some new uh, drops for, I believe she's calling it March Madness. I have to recheck that. But she's got some new songs coming. If you haven't heard at least one of her songs yet, you're missing out, my friend. You really are. And you, I mean, come on now. You gotta get with it. You gotta get on this train. of the Boss is um, a huge deal. And so I want to thank Thank her for joining me in the podcast. Of course, for all my single friends, I hooked y'all up. Valentine's Day here on the podcast was on and popping with Grace Valentine herself. She is truly the big sister of Instagram every time you go on her page you can expect to get a good piece of advice and it's like she's sitting right next to you chatting with you over coffee like she's so real so down to earth and she uh graced us with her presence here on the podcast and I just want to thank her for that so many of you were blessed by that episode I was blessed by that conversation and um knowing grace up close like she's just the real deal and I love her and I'm so so glad that um she joined us and so shout out to all of our guests round of applause for them if I had one of those like buttons to press with the Round of applause. I'd be pressing it right now, but truly am so thankful uh for them joining me on the podcast. Um, and just as a recap, guys of this fourth season. I mean, my second book has also come out this fourth season, which is wild. And I'm so thankful, oh my gosh, for those of you who read it and gave me your feedback. Listen, I don't say this a lot and sometimes my mentors get on me about this, but if you really like the book, uh, my name is Anxiety, do me a huge favor and leave me a review on Amazon to let me know that actually helps the book get to places um like places I've never been. Kind of like the podcast when y'all leave a review and rate it it means a lot and it goes uh, places I would never imagine for it to go. So I want to thank you guys for reading the book. It's a totally different project, literally the most different project i probably will ever work on. But to see what it's done and what it's still doing in some of y'all's hearts and lives, I'm grateful. And I cannot wait to see how God continues to use that book. Uh, So go ahead, leave a review on Amazon if you read it. But this was uh, a fun time celebrating the release of that book right here on the podcast. For that, I will be forever grateful that turned out really sweet and I'm just really grateful but all in all, you guys, uh, season four was a great season. I know that was a long introduction, but I wanted to make sure I hit all of that because, uh, again, I'm emotional and I'm just bubbling with gratitude and just um, really can't say thank you enough. I know I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but I don't have any other word um, besides thank you. Actually, well, I thank you is a word I want to say often, but I do have something that needs to be heard as we close out this fourth season um, because part of it, part of the reason why season four was so great um, was because it wasn't just me being heard like that was the difference between this season uh, versus every other season of the podcast like this wasn't just me sitting behind a microphone recording an episode and then going along my merry way know this entire fourth season, I've encouraged y'all to not just hear me, but to go out and you be heard, you encourage people, you uh, challenge culture, you let the truth be heard. Like it's a team effort, you know, if it's encouraging, if it's challenging, if it's truthful, it needs to be heard. And you can put your voice to that. And I've encouraged all of us here in this fourth season to do that. So if one of my episodes blessed you was like, don't just, you know, listen and then never think about it again, share it with somebody you put your own voice to it. To it you also speak the truth and encourage people, challenge culture. That matters. It's important and what a cool uh opportunity and privilege to do that with all of you here. Um but with that being said, you know, we have voices that need to be heard if we're talking about things that are encouraging, challenging and truthful. Uh, With all that being said, for the last episode of this fourth season, I really want to talk about the voice that needs to be heard the most. And I'm not, because this introduction is already long, I'm not going to, um, you know, wait any longer to tell you who, who voice or which voice it belongs to. But I am talking about the voice of God. His voice is the most important voice that needs to be heard because I've said this at the very beginning of this fourth season. You want to talk about a voice that is challenging, that is encouraging and truthful. That is the voice of God. Like if there are three adjectives I can use to describe the voice of God, it would be encouraging, challenging and truthful. And um, therefore, his voice is the most important voice that needs to be heard. And I want to talk about that voice today. Uh, For those of you who may be really unfamiliar with that voice, because you didn't grow up in church, or you you've never really heard about Jesus before. you know, this podcast, whatever your relationship is with God, maybe you don't know his voice at all. Maybe you think you know his voice, and you don't really know him at all. Or maybe you're really familiar with that voice. I want to talk about that voice today. Um, And I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest with you, even for the last episode of this fourth season, I want to be real. I've really been um, challenged in this area concerning how I hear God and how I tune into the voice of God. And um, I'm actually recording this episode coming out of something that, um, you know, has really pushed me to record this. Because Y'all know my story. I've actually shared it, uh, I believe, two weeks ago here on the podcast, my testimony. Grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a uh, Christian church. So I'm very familiar with scripture, very familiar with, um, you know, reading the Bible and how to hear the voice of God by way of reading your Bible and praying and all of those things. Um, But there came a point in my life, and I am kind of relying on other believers tuning into this episode today. Everyone's welcome to listen. But uh, if you're a believer, who grew up in church you might be able to relate to this but there came a certain point in my life where I'm like I feel like I don't really know the voice of God Um, and what I mean by that and this is kind of going into season three a little bit because I went on this freedom journey and this healing journey that I'm still very much on but I came to a point where I'm like I feel like what I'm calling the voice of God is actually my inner critic and what I'm calling the Holy Spirit is just the the bullying voice inside that's telling me I'm doing everything wrong. And it's it's not God at all. It's actually me being mean to me. And I hit that point in my life and, um, and just asked some hard questions because um, I had to make a huge decision and I'll be completely real. This is a recent time in my life. Um, I had to make a huge decision and I wanted to know what God was saying about it. And I kind of entered or I kind of entered into this period of torment because um, I I was raised to be very obedient and I, I love to obey. I think obedience is the safest way to live, <laughs> to obey the voice of God. I think, um, you know, he even says, Jesus himself says in scripture, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And that's always stuck with me. And that's John fourteen fifteen. Um, Because that lets all of us know that God's love language is obedient. And so I I value obedience, I treasure it, not perfect at it at all, but I I do value it. And I've seen the, um, the effects of obedience, when you uh, dare to believe what God's saying, and you put your faith to it, and you obey. I've never been disappointed ever. I've been confused maybe in the beginning, but in the end always have been like, okay, yeah. That was a smart move to obey cuz look at what I avoided. Look at what um I could have missed if I just said yes. So, I've always treasured it and so when I came to this um point in my life where I had to make a hard decision, a big decision, I'm like, "Okay, God, what are you saying?" And I just I remember not really being able to discern the voice of God because I was hearing a yes, I was hearing a no, I was hearing nothing. I was, um, and then ultimately because I didn't really know what I was hearing, I just, I felt tormented inside. I felt like, um, I was, going to miss the mark, I was afraid to make any decision at all, because I didn't want to mess it up. And ultimately, what was going on is that I was bullying myself. Um, that's part of what I was doing. Um, I will get more specific as we enter into our study today, but I'm just giving you a preview to show you how much this uh, means to me when we talk about hearing the voice of God and you might be able to relate to a little bit of what I shared, but, um, maybe, you know, you fill in the blank, you know, what your story and your history has been concerning the voice of God. Maybe you have no clue what he sounds like. Maybe God to you sounds like your abusive father or your emotionally, um, unavailable mother, you know, (laughs) like maybe he's your harsh grandfather. Like you have all of these ideas of what God might sound like. And that's a, a pretty vulnerable place to be Because there's nothing like the voice of God. There's absolutely nothing like hearing the voice of God. And just to demonstrate how important it is to know what God sounds like, we understand that, you know, the importance of this is found in the very beginning of scripture in Genesis, uh, the way that humanity, man and woman, the way that we fell into sin is because we didn't follow the voice of God. Like Adam was given a clear command to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but the enemy came along and, and challenged Eve in that, not Adam, but he challenged Eve, smart guy, because he didn't go directly to Adam, but he went to Eve um, and, and said, you know, did God really say that? You know, already in the beginning, questioning the voice of God. And as a result, Eve, and we talked about this very early in season four, I think this might be um, the second episode of season four, so full circle moment here as we end, but Eve, you know, listened to the enemy and was convinced, and therefore, you know, gave the fruit to her husband Adam, and then the sin entered the world, and all of that came from not listening to the voice of God or being deceived about what God was really saying. So this is important that we know what God sounds like, we know what um, He's saying to us, and of course, like yes, we we hear the verse, the voice of God by reading the Bible, but. Today, for the last to be heard Tuesday of the season, I want to take an honest look in scripture about what that really means. Like what does God sound like? Because I remember being a kid and I'm like, well, what does God sound like? And the answer has always been the same. And it is a good answer to read the Bible that's the best answer you can give, but when it came to like my everyday, like having to make decisions or there'll be moments where I'm like, okay, I really, I want to know what God's saying about this. And I am cautious to agree to this or disagree with this until I know what God's saying. There comes these moments where I'm like, I'm not even hearing God. I'm hearing this really, really mean voice and it's my inner critic. And for years I've called by my, my internal inner critic, the Holy Spirit And that's not the Holy Spirit at all. And I want to clarify that for today's To Be Heard Tuesday, because, again, can't say it enough. God's voice is the most important voice that needs to be heard. And um, Dr. Matthew Stevenson said, I don't want to live without it. He was like, I would rather die than live without the voice of God. And I agree because his voice brings so much life, so much sweetness. I always feel so at peace when I hear him and I know it's God when I'm at peace I know it's him because any voice that causes like confusion or turmoil or like even when I do feel unsteady about some things if there's a peace of God to it I just I know it's him and so I want to dive into this a little bit because again um recently I've I've come across this um I don't want to call it a dilemma, but the situation where I'm like, all right, God, I need to hear your voice. And all I'm hearing is this really, really mean voice. And it's hard to believe that uh, that's you. But at the same time, and I was honest before the Lord, I'm like, but I've known your voice to be mean for years in my faith journey. And I've justified it because I'm like, you're God, you could talk to me as mean as you want. But then I realized like, oh, no, like you, you have a lot of pain from like, Um, people who might have taught you the bible or who might have like shared scripture with you at one point and turned their back and they turned out to be not the kind of person you thought and they were mean and they were you know so I had a lot of pain involved in that and I never really thought to address it until I I hit moments where I'm like no I'm for real like no games like I need to hear God and no one else because it's important right So in my praying and just asking God, show me what you're saying, please like write it in the clouds, make it very plain, tell me what you're what you what you want me to do what you're telling me. And I was reminded of a verse that might be familiar to a lot of you. It's found in john 10, where Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. That's uh, paraphrasing. There's a lot more to the voice, but he, uh, to the verse, sorry. There's a lot more to that verse, but um, essentially he says, my sheep know my voice, meaning those who follow me, um, those who believe in me, they know my voice and they're not going to follow a stranger's voice because they're very familiar with my voice that if they heard another voice, they're going to turn and run because like sheep, they they gravitate towards their shepherd. They're not going to gravitate towards someone who hasn't been leading them and shepherding them, um, which I thought is a beautiful picture. And so, uh, naturally, I find myself in John 10, and I'm like, all right, I'm your sheep, okay, I follow you, I believe in you, um, and I got honest before God, and I told him, only thing, though, that I'm, I'm wrestling with right now, and I've kind of already shared this with y'all um, a, a couple moments ago, but I told God, like, you know, yes, I believe in you, and yes, I follow you, like, you're my shepherd, and I'm your sheep, um, the only problem is, though, I feel like, you're the stranger's voice. In other words, the voice of the enemy and the inner critic inside of me, I'm more familiar with that voice than I am with your gentle voice, your kind voice, your, your peaceful voice. I'm more familiar with the harsh, mean, kind of like curt tone than I am your gentle voice. And that's what I told him. And I'm like, that's a really odd confession because I do follow you and I believe in you. I really do. But your voice is the strangest voice to me. Like, I'm so unfamiliar with a kind, gentle, convicting um, urge inside, like that voice. I'm more familiar with the judgmental, condemning, um, shameful, shame-filled, I should say, guilty voice inside and so that's where I started and God was grateful enough to just open up the scriptures a lot wider for me to diagnose what that was and it's funny because I I did record an episode like this before I won't tell you the name of it but it's back in season three um I'll refer to it a little later, but um, God just began to show me like, hey, look at the surrounding verses, which is a really, really good tip when you're studying the Bible. If you stumble upon a verse that confuses you or stumps you a little bit, consider the context. But anyway, <laughs> the Lord just began to um, open up the, the scriptures for me. And um, while I was in John 10, something told me to take a look at John chapter 9, the chapter before that. Um, because while Jesus was saying that, you know, my sheep know my voice, the context for that is, um, making it a point to understand, okay, who is Jesus talking to? Who is around Jesus when he's saying these words? Cause the words hold a lot more power, power, not saying they're not powerful enough, but, um, they hold so much power when you consider like, that is really good when he's saying it to that person. Yeah. That says a lot about why he's saying what he's saying. So I took uh, a look at John chapter nine, and um, I've read a lot of scripture this season, like bulks of, of scripture verses. That um, is a good thing, and I'm gonna do that here today because I want y'all to get the full context of uh, John 10, and just showing you what I'm I'm still in. You know, I'm still studying and highlighting and circling, but uh, there's something that I want to share with y'all that needs to be heard because the word of God, come on, needs to be heard. It's the most important voice that needs to be heard, and so. I'm going to read quite a few verses here, specifically 34 verses to be exact, uh, in John 9. I want to take you to that first verse all the way to the 34th verse. So track with me, turn your volume up, settle in. Just want to give you all some context to John 10. And as usual, we'll dive into it together at the end. But this is John chapter 9, verse 1. It says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Verse 3, It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Gross. Gross. Verse seven, he told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this man isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. They asked him, Who healed you? What happened? Verse eleven, he told them The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked him, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied in verse 20, We know this is our son and that he was born blind. We don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, He is old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this, because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Very ironic. Verse 25, I don't know whether he is a sinner, the blind man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. But what did he do? They asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed. I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it verse 34, you were born a total sinner. They answered, are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. Again, that was John chapter nine verses one through 34. And so obviously there's a lot there. There's a whole lot. And before I started recording, I was praying, what's the, the clearest, quickest way to break all of this down and explain this. Um, and so I thought the best way to do that is to explain why this, this particular passage of scripture has blessed me so much. Because when I was praying, God, like, what do you sound like? What does your voice sound like? Like, I need to know, I need to hear it. And he brought me to John 10, but ultimately John 9. As I was reading John 9, here's what I noticed about that text. We have the blind man who spoiler alert, as we've already read, um, the blind man who can now see Jesus healed him. We understand that when the man was blind before Jesus healed him, we understand that all this blind man had at the time was his hearing. He couldn't see anything, but he could hear and he could feel. And I was like, okay, I love this because I want to hear what you sound like, Jesus. And this blind man, because he didn't have his sight, he did have to depend on sound. He had to depend on um, what he heard and what he felt. And as we read together, Jesus, he comes to this blind man And he, number one, does the most disgusting thing in the whole Bible, which at the same time though, if Jesus spit on me, I would probably say thank you. Like not the son of man spitting on me. Like I, how am I this privileged that he would spit on me? (laughs) Like that's how holy God is. (laughs) I would prefer him like to spit on me, you know, (laughs) like, like I actually, would I mind? I probably would not mind it. Like, like in reality, I probably would be like, yeah, this is dope, but when you read it, it's kind of disgusting, right? And so this blind man has gets like this weird sensation on his eyes, right? He can't see anything. But he feels this mud. He he may not even feel the, the spit, but just like the mud, right? And I don't know why Jesus chose to do it that way. We see him heal other blind people, and he doesn't heal them this way. So I don't know why he did. But I think Jesus, I don't know. And I don't, I'm not inserting this thought as like biblical, but this is just my own observation, I guess. I'm not saying this is why Jesus did it, because I don't know. But maybe Jesus no, this man needs to feel something. Like he is dependent on like what he feels. And so that weird sensation to a blind man, if you can imagine the feeling of thick mud over his eyes, maybe that was just to give him a feeling of something. And on top of that, on top of what he felt, because he relied on what he felt to survive, right? But again, he also relied on his hearing. And so Jesus, he tells the man, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Jesus doesn't say, go and wash in the pool of Siloam and you'll be healed. He just says, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And so the man, he can't see Jesus, obviously, but he feels something and he heard his voice. So he goes and he washes and he comes back seeing. And then here's the part that blessed me when I was reading it. Understanding that this man, before he had any sight, before he could see Jesus, he could feel him and he can hear him. After his healing, we get a picture of the other things this man heard from other people. So we he knows he heard something because he went and did it. He went and washed in the pool of Siloam. He went and did that. But then we see the other voices that join what he hears after his healing. And so we have his neighbors and some of the people who knew him as a beggar saying, is that the man? No, that can't be the man. And he's like, no, I promise you, I am the same person. But then he goes um, or he's brought to or he's brought before the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day. And for two sessions, he hears the voice of the religious leaders. And the religious leaders, what do they sound like? They are complicating this entire issue. You've heard me read that they're saying Jesus is a sinner because he healed on the Sabbath. Just for some context there back in the day, or I shouldn't even say back in the day, but just Jewish culture during that time, at least Jewish culture on the Sabbath, you don't do anything. There were specific rules about what you can and can't do on the Sabbath, um, which Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. um, Meaning, you know, when God gave us that command, like, hey, honor the Sabbath, I want you to rest on this day. Religion, what it always says, it adds a bunch of like rules and regulations to it that nothing none of it coming from god's mouth it's just the things that we added on to like stay holy it's ridiculous but that's essentially what was happening here so these men said that jesus like forbidden jesus to do anything or forbid anyone to do anything on the Sabbath. So the fact that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, they thought that was like the worst thing ever. I actually don't understand it a lot myself, but I just know back in that day, the religious leaders were like, absolutely not like that. You can't, you can only do so much on the Sabbath and you cross the line, Jesus, like you work too hard on the Sabbath when we're specifically commanded to rest. And so get the visual there though, because Jesus literally is the word of God and they're trying to challenge the word of God with the word of God, (laughs) like it just didn't work, but So they are calling this man, Jesus, a sinner, right? And they're telling the Pharisees, or uh, the Pharisees are asking the blind man, how did he heal you? When did he heal you? Where did he go? And the blind man says over and over again, I don't know. I don't know. I just know I was blind and now I see. I don't know. I just heard him. And then I I did what he said. And then it happened. Like, (laughs) I got healed. And then there's even a point where they ask him, like, what's your opinion about this man? And the man's like, I don't know. I think he could be a prophet, Maybe. So all of these voices are are being heard, right? All of these voices are, are the blind man is hearing. And the reason why that blessed me to study that is because this is a really good distinction to make when it comes to the voice of religion versus the voice of God. The voice of God was very clear. Go and watch in the pool of Siloam. The voice of religion complicated the crap out of it. Like, well, how did he hear you? How did he say it? When did he say it? Where did he go? Like complicating the whole the whole entire thing and trying honestly to confuse the man and like quite honestly gaslight the man into thinking like, no way did this man Jesus heal you. Like you probably weren't even born blind. It was all an act, called in his parents to verify the information, like going to the extreme to disprove the voice of God and complicate the voice of God. And again, the reason why this blessed me is because I realized right then and there, I'm dealing with the spirit of religion. And I'm not saying that to be like really freaky or weird. When people say spirit, everyone gets so like high alert and weird. But I'm just saying like that stronghold of religion where everything about the word of God is complicated and there's no peace and there's torment and you like loosely questioning like, is that God? Is it not God? That's religion. Like, and I, I'm saying that confidently because John nine exists. That's the only way I'm getting this revelation And that gave me such a clear understanding of the torment I was going through. Like, okay, this is religion telling me, like, confusing me like this and tormenting me like this, because God made it so plain. The blind man, who is a professional hearer, because you have to, like, put all of your eggs in that basket, right? In the basket of hearing and feeling when you can't see. So he is really relying on that sense of hearing, on, you know, the sense of sound, so he's good at at hearing and he clearly heard Jesus say, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did. And now he's hearing all of this complicated mumbo jumbo of, no, Jesus is a sinner. Jesus didn't heal you. You can't possibly be healed. It's a Sabbath. You're saying this man, Jesus is from God and he heals on the Sabbath. He's a total sinner. And then it goes as far as like the man is kicked out of the synagogue. And so with all of that within all of the questioning and the religious people pressing in on him saying like uh like this man jesus is a sinner like you weren't really uh healed like you need more explanation how like because they're frustrated with the man for making it so simple he's like i heard from god he or at the point at this time he didn't know that he was god the blind man didn't know that jesus was god he's like he just said go and wash and i did And the religious people are getting frustrated with the man for making it so simple to the point that they throw him out of the synagogue. And then the mix of all of that, the blind man isn't too sure about who Jesus is now. Because he has all of these different opinions, his neighbors, the people who knew him, his parents even kind of disowned him a little bit, the religious people. He has all these different voices that are telling him or complicating the voice that he know he heard from God. Like there's so many different voices to the point where he starts to question God. Like at first he was like, yep, this man, Jesus, I know it was Jesus. He healed me. And then it turned into, well, uh, he th- he might be a prophet. And then there comes to a point after the 34th verse that I read, y'all. Again, I just read verses 1 through 34. But there's a conversation after this man is thrown out of the synagogue. He's hearing all these different voices. Now he's a little bit confused about who Jesus actually is. Jesus, in his kindness and in his goodness, just the sweetest person ever, he finds the man who was thrown out of the synagogue, the man who used to be blind, who he healed. He finds the man and their conversation is recorded in the remaining chapters or in the remaining verses of chapter nine. And I want to read them to you. It's very good. And it leads us right into John 10. And then unfortunately, we will end the last episode of this fourth season. But let me read y'all what it says in verse 35 down. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. Verse 37, you have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Verse 38, yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. And so, before going into verse ten, or I'm sorry, chapter ten, I want to pause right here and just pull it out for us. This is what God has been showing me, and um, I just think it needs to be heard. Because again, the man in the mix of all the questioning and being denied and being ultimately kicked out of the synagogue, he didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus, when he found the man, the first thing he asked him was, "Do you believe in the Son of Man?" And Jesus was referring to himself. And the man was like. Who is he? Like, I don't even know who he is. And he says, honestly, I, I want to believe. But after all that I've heard and all that I've been through, I don't know who you are. I want to believe, but I don't know who you are. Pause right there. That's been, that was my prayer. That was my exact prayer to God. Like, I feel like I'm hearing so many things and there's so many voices that I feel like I don't even know who you are anymore. And the reason why that blessed me to see that in writing in scripture Is because this is what I want y'all to get. For those of you who want to hear the voice of God, you want clarity on what God sounds like, and you want to obey, but you don't know what he's saying. This is it. This is it right here. Before you ask God, what are you saying? What do you sound like? Ask him who he is. Because when you know who he is, everything that he says is going to sound like him. The problem, I think, for me in my faith journey is that I was so eager to hear his voice but I wasn't too sure about who he was because in a lot of ways God was like the bully in my head like he was the one who was always upset with me so hard to impress so hard to please that was God to me for years and so anytime I heard something um, that like caused me torment and like uh, got rid of all my peace. Anytime I heard something that confused me, I'm like, okay, well, it could be God, but it wasn't God at all. I just didn't know who he was. And I'm afraid that for those of you who want to hear the voice of God, you don't even know who he is. And you need to take time to, to find out who he is. Cause that's what the blind man said. He's like, who is he? Like, I want to believe I do. I just don't know who he is now. I don't know if he's a man. I don't know if he's the son of man. I don't know if he's a prophet. I don't know. I want to know who he is and let me tell you something just like how we just read when Jesus says like basically I'm him like not only is it the one you're seeing but it's the one who's speaking to you when his the man's spiritual eyes were open he fell down and worshiped him and that's the response when you find out who he is when you really see God for who he truly is not Your abusive father, not your absent father, not your um, verbally abusive mother, or your emotionally unavailable mother, or your really tough to please grandfather, whoever you've matched God with, like you have to understand there is no one like him. There is absolutely no one like him. And he's so kind and gentle. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. But I think it's interesting that this whole time, so like before, the man only knew Jesus by his voice. But then he was able to see Jesus at the end. And when he saw him, his beauty captivated the man and he fell down and worshipped. And when Jesus said, you know, when the man asked, who is he? And Jesus said, the one that you're looking at and the one you're hearing right now, the most important voice that you you will ever hear. That was the moment that the man caught hold of who God really was that God was a healer, that God was the one who would pursue him after being tormented by religion. Like, that's the kind of God that Jesus is. And the man saw that and got hold of it, fell down and worshiped. And I think that's what's going to happen to each of us when we really know who God is. The only reaction that we'll have is worship. The only reaction we'll have is love uh, reciprocated back to him. That's it. And when we see how this pertains to John 10, because again, I just read John 9, but trickling down at John 10, Jesus refers to himself as a shepherd. And again, it's important to know who God is before we understand, you know, like uh, his voice, what he sounds like. We have to know who God is, because if you look at the characteristics of a shepherd, a shepherd, number one, is very, very gentle very gentle you have to be if you're shepherding sheep you got to be gentle it's not a, a lion's den right like these are sheep these are innocent little sheep <laughs> like you have to be gentle that's the first characteristic of a shepherd second characteristic i would say is very meek you know they're not flashy right like they don't need they don't need a lot to like prove themselves they're very meek they're very humble the third characteristic is humble you will see in scripture, uh, in John 10, Jesus says, the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd is selfless. The sh- The shepherd cares uh, so much about the sheep that he would give up his life for the sheep. That's a characteristic of a shepherd. And the fact that Jesus says, I am the shepherd, those show the characteristics of who God is. So if you think that that Jesus is unlike a shepherd, that he's not gentle, he's not humble, that he's actually very rude and condescending and passive aggressive and just mean. Everything that you hear, even if it's not the voice of God, you're going to think it's the voice of God because you think that he's mean. You think that he's a jerk. But when you know who God is, when you know how gentle he is, how big his heart is, when you hear something that just causes you to like to panic, when you hear something that, that robs your peace i'm talking about the peace of god not like content peace where it's like you do whatever you want and you just live how you want i'm talking about the honest true foundational eternal peace of god like when you when that is taken from you after hearing a word you know that's not the lord because he is gentle and this only works if you have a revelation of, of his gentleness of his character of who god really is you have to know who god is that's the only way you're going to learn his voice. And if you want to know more characteristics, read John 10. I gave you the context. The context of John 10 is John 9. But read John 10. Read about how he is the gate. Like he's the only way into eternal life. Jesus is. He cares so much about his sheep. He leads his sheep along the right path. Read Psalms 23. That's another great verse to read. Matthew 11:28. 28. Jesus says of himself that, um, I think actually this is Matthew 11:29, 29, but that he's humble and gentle at heart. That's what Jesus says about his very own heart. Like, that's who he is. But if you don't know that, everything that you hear is going to sound like a mean God. But when you know him, when you know him, you're going to gravitate towards that voice. And the the stranger's voice will soon become the harsh, mean voice. That's going to be like, okay, yeah, that's not God because I know him. And he doesn't talk like that. He doesn't bully me like that. I bully me like that, but God doesn't. And listen, I'm again, I'm right here with you. Like, I'm still learning this. And I had a moment a couple nights ago, actually, and I want to share this with you all as we close. But a couple nights ago, I was right here. I'm like, God, just, I I want to know who you are. And I watched this sermon by Dr. Matthew Stevenson. Surprise, surprise. He was talking about the voice of God. And he just talked about ministering to the Lord of just saying, God, like, God, you're holy. God, you're gentle. God, you're so kind. Your heart's so big. And And being intentional about, like, God, I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm not going to ask you to speak. I'm not going to ask you for a thing. I just want to tell you who you are according to your word. And you are kind. You're patient. You are faithful. You are good. You are my shepherd. You're my shield, my protector. I did that for, like, 10 minutes with just some worship music playing. To this day, y'all, my carpet is soaking wet (laughs) because of the tears I cried that night. Because I just got a clear view of who God was. And it just became so clear. I was being tormented. Like those voices, that was not God. And when I say those voices, I know people, again, they get weird. Like, what do you mean you hear voices? Like, what are you talking about? No, I'm talking like just my thought life of what I was letting in, what I was saying yes to and what I was like cautious to bring to God. Cause I'm like, okay, you might be telling me to do this. And it wasn't God. It was just me being, trying to like punish myself for something. And it's like, But when I saw God that night and just ministered to him and told him who he was, according to his word, that he's gentle, like a shepherd, he's kind, he's patient, according to first Corinthians 13, that he's love. I said all that. And I just like locked eyes with him that night. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, you're so kind, God, like just so loving and so sweet, so humble and gentle. And it's like, I just I gravitated towards him. I remember telling him, I'm like, God, how could I not give you everything? You are literally beautiful, like perfect. I've never met anyone perfect like you. I just went on and on and just like reconnected with God. And the torment went away because it just wasn't from God. It was what I thought. And I entertained it for so long because I'm like, maybe it could be God. I don't want to dismiss it voice of God if that's God telling me to do this. But it's like, no, that was just the enemy bullying me. And I partnered with that. Because I didn't have a clear view of who God was, because that's what religion does. It always distorts your view of God. And so, as we close, y'all, I have to end this episode, which is so sad because that means I, you won't be hearing from me till October. But hey, during our time away from the podcast, understand that there is the most important voice that needs to be heard, and it is the voice of God. And if you hear his voice, I promise you, if all you hear is his voice, you're going to be just fine. Because his voice is always going to lead you into true peace, to true life, like true understanding and wisdom. I love the voice of God and I don't just love his voice, but I love who he is and his voice is, it sounds like who he is. And so the voice sounds like you're being chewed up and spit out. That's not God. Like even when he is correcting you, I always hold on to uh, Luke 10. Jesus is correcting Martha. Um, Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet and Martha's distracted by all these things. And he's like, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these things. Like be more like your sister, Mary, you know, like she's just sitting at my feet. And just the way that he corrected Martha, he didn't say my dumb Martha, or you stupid Martha or gosh, darn it, Martha. He says my dear, like he called her dear even while correcting her. So I'm not saying that Jesus never corrects you. He does. And thank God he does. Thank God for conviction, right? But it's sweet. It's tender. It's truthful. It, it's it's challenging. But it's encouraging. Like, it's so sweet to hear the voice of God. But the only way you, you recognize his voice is sweet is if you understand his heart and his heart is gentle. His heart is lowly. And if there's anyone who needs to keep learning that it's me. Okay, like we are totally in this together. Uh, And I, I think it's important to bring this to the podcast, especially as we close this after six months of being heard, like let's tune into the most important voice that needs to be heard. In order to do that, we have to find out who he is. So guys, I really do. I challenge you to just minister to the Lord, take some time out of your day whenever you're free. And don't expect to hear from God. Don't ask him to say anything to you or give anything to you. Just according to his word, say, God, you're holy. God, you're good. God, you're beautiful. God, your eyes are like blazing fire. Like, God, you're so sweet. You're so patient. You are so joyful. God, you're so strong. And just say that, say that, say that to the little kid in you. Make the little kid in you say it. Like, may everything in you say it and believe it. Because when you do, when you do, when like the blind man, you see him after years of being spiritually blind, not being able to see God for who he really is, when you see him, you're going to hear him, and that voice will change your life for the better. And I just pray that over each of you so much. I pray that over my life, and I pray that over you guys, that we would be led by the voice of God. It is the most important voice that needs to be heard. And my, I, my prayer is that we take that voice, we spread it to everyone that we meet, our friends and our enemies, everybody. We would give them the voice of God because that is the most important voice that needs to be heard. It's the only voice that matters. And so, uh, man, it's tough to end stuff like this because I just, man, I'm so emotional. But um, I love you guys and I what a privilege it was to share this. This has been a joy. The last six months with you guys has been an absolute joy. Sharing this message with you has been rewarding for me because of what this verse means to me in this season of my life. I'm just thankful and um, I just love y'all, and I um, I love you guys so much, and I'm thankful that we were able to be hurt together the last six months. Granted, season five, I let y'all in a little bit into what season five looks like. Season five is going to be very different. It's going to be really cool. I'm trying out some new techniques for the podcast um, with the help of some really cool people in my life, but trying out some new things for season five and I think it's going to be a good one. I have a theme set. We're ready to go. Like I'm honestly ready to be heard again in October and I can't wait for you guys to tune into those episodes. Please keep sharing the episodes, leave reviews, rate the episode. That's the best way for the podcast to be heard in places I will probably never travel to in my life. Um, so it's so helpful that we get this message out and that we, uh, we are being heard through this podcast and by your help with reviews with the Uh, ratings we could do that and so just want to thank y'all so much for that in advance I love you guys and I cannot wait for y'all to hear from me again next season season five right here on to be heard podcast